0: Welcome back to the Racking Focus podcast. I'm Josiah Blizzard. And I'm John
1: Doyle. And we're here at the Regal Cinema in Oaks, Pennsylvania to see John Wick 3.
0: Very excited about this movie. He's killed so many people in the first two uh, episodes of this trilogy. And I'm very excited to see the third one, and see maybe the body count that is going to rack up here. But we're going to go see the film in the theaters, come back out, and give you our first take in uh, one of these cars over
1: here. Uh, and it's going to be a good time. <laughs> All right, so why don't we head into the theater? Perfect. Let's go.
0: You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast. (laughs) All right, there we go. All right. What a wild... So I, I love this intro. This whole first... I, it felt nonstop from the beginning of the movie and I didn't know if it was ever going to end it,
1: it, yeah. and
0: then, and then it ended, but, uh, I really <laughs> thought this whole movie was going
1: to be, so we got to say first spoilers, 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 there's yes. no way we can talk about this this <laughs> film without just vomiting the spoilers. So if you don't want spoilers, you, have to, you have to stop, go right watch now. the movie. Yep. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yes. Really thought there was going to, it was just going to be a nonstop action piece from beginning to end based on how they started this film.
1: Um, did you do you agree with that? Uh, I was I was dumbfounded uh-huh. at the place we started. Yeah. And how long it took for us to stop being to slow there. down. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's. Um, I mean, I think my favorite scene in the entire movie, hands down, was that knife sequence at the at the beginning of the film. Um, just because it was so. I don't know. I've never seen an action film where. They're just chucking knives at each no, other nonstop, stop and the so, comedy behind that was really funny, but also, like, the action was ridiculous in that scene. Ridiculous. Um, the camera work was amazing. The stunt choreography was amazing. Just hands down, everything in that fight scene was incredible to me.
1: Um, you were gonna say something, go for well, it. I was just gonna say that the idea of doing it in, like, a museum uh-huh. gave this this difficulty for what a movie that's all about modern weaponry right Right, right. right. and so we see old guns and then we see yeah. just smashing glass which plays out nicely at the end too right and all those knives and it was I mean it was spectacular
0: um there's something to be said about uh an action movie that trains their main actor as a stuntman versus hiring an actor and then hiring stuntmen to back that actor right exactly because uh, because throughout the film, and even with Halle Berry's role, um, who I thought was gonna be in this movie far more than she was. I thought she was gonna have way more screen time. I imagine they set her up as somebody who is gonna be in this fourth film, which I imagine has to come out now based off of how they ended this.
1: Yeah, there's no way there's not a fourth film. There's
0: a fourth film, without doubt. um, What was I saying? It was about- Halle
1: Berry's small role.
0: Yes, um, oh yes, and about the actors being stuntmen and not just actors um, there was never a moment where I was like this is choreographed this felt throughout the entire piece like they were responding to what was being thrown at them um, in real time like you attack me and I, this is how I respond there was no choreographed nature to it it just felt so fluid uh, and I loved I loved that I, in, the, in the first part of this film up until they slowed down I was like this, this could end up being the best action movie I've ever seen and then it really slowed down and i there was moments where i kind of lost it and it was dull for me in some parts <laughs> and then it ramped back up real quick but
1: yeah there's yeah So, so, uh, from a fight choreography standpoint, um, there's a guy who, the knife fight with the two, Uh the last two henchmen. Yes, the two Asian guys. Yeah, Yeah. so one of those guys is from this movie called The Raid, uh, or The Raid Redemption, you can see it in America, The Raid Redemption. And he's called Mad Dog in that, and he is in one of the greatest fights I've ever seen on the screen. And it was super exciting to watch him fight, and I loved the way that fight proceeded. It was, a, it was a piece of choreography. It was uh, That was obviously a piece of choreography. In The Raid. In, 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 no, in, in John this, Wick. In John okay, Wick yeah. But it flowed the whole time because right. it had character driving it. Yes. Which I thought was really interesting. In a yeah. movie where, where Keanu Reeves is not known for his characterization, nor <laughs> is this... I mean, you know, he is not particularly the most right. detailed character here in the film. But there was stuff happening between these people that was interesting aside yeah. from the fact they were swatting each other around. Yeah,
0: there was a lot of character behind it. And specifically it was weird with all of the Asian characters yeah oh yeah the car's on it was yeah, Turn the car oh, yeah. um, with all of the Asian characters specifically were almost starstruck
1: yeah. with
0: John Wick which gave them a lot of personality uh, even the the villain of the film who was the the bald Asian guy who I don't necessarily want to classify as the villain of the film I feel like the high table is the overarching right villain of the series um, and this guy never really kind of he didn't really feel like a villain he felt like a Fanboy who really wanted money, Uh, and so he went after John Wick in a way only to meet him and fight with him. And they were all saying it's an honor to fight next to you. And I loved the exchange between those two of two of the Asian henchmen and and John. Um, You know, just I can get up myself. Right. Let's let's go again. Yeah. It was it was felt like a sparring match between old friends, but they've never met. Um, it was yeah. It was really it was really great.
1: Yeah, I felt like the beginning they really made an effort to pull away from guns. Right, I had talked about it I was going to count yeah. the bullets, and yeah. by the end of that first sequence, I'd only gotten to eight. I, I was know, like, yeah. What's going on? But in fact, that that was so much of that was about holding back and changing the pace and yeah. doing something different, so we could. I completely enjoy lost it. count
0: with the kill count. Oh, I think I, I was like, all right, we hit fifteen. I think I don't know. I just stopped counting because it was implausible to even guess that many. But uh, yeah, so I think the big things in this film. That stood out to me. Fight choreography, obviously, we've talked about it a little bit already. Cinematography, uh, and oddly enough, the production design. No, I
1: agree with you completely on production, production design. Production design, absolutely.
0: What, it, and I didn't really pick this up in the other two films, but the production design is astounding. Um, walking into Winston's vault safe house room, panic room and just seeing the detail in the walls and in the old guns versus the the new weapons and his couch and down to like i think there was like whiskey or something on his table uh, i loved i loved that entire that and that's just one piece that's just one piece you have all of casablanca um and the entire continental in general but uh yeah just blown away by the amount of detail that they're putting into this as an action movie you didn't think they'd put that much right. work into it but they did Uh, so that, that really, that little sequence, that little room really stuck out to me more than anything else.
1: It feels so much like this is a fantasy film. Like when you watch it, it feels like it's some big epic fantasy. And so all those details are things that matter because they're creating lore, Right. you know, when it doesn't feel like a first person shooter game, right? When it doesn't feel like you're watching a third person, first person shooter game, you, you realizing in the background, there's all this detail and it's weapon detail, right? But it's also... Period details. Mm-hmm. So we go into worlds, and when we're in there, there's tons of rich, right. interesting things to look at.
0: In fact, the museum you talked about in the beginning, right? That knife fight was in the museum, and um, but even in like, there's a there's a throwaway shot where uh, they're chasing them through like an alley of chandeliers. I'm like, do you know no, how right. long it took to set up that one shot with all the chandeliers in there? And this kind of transitions a little bit into lighting, but they, I, I noticed a lot, a lot, a lot of practical source lighting uh they didn't they didn't have giant mounted 5ks right sitting in the corner it felt like every light in the room was set up to be a practical light source for the film itself and you saw that a lot in the end sequence where they're flipping the lights on with the switch and um i don't know the guy's name he's the he's the concierge and he He turns the switch off and it switches. Which is, of
1: course, some ancient big switch. Right, some giant. Coming out of this gorgeous wall that's in this modern environment. That was
0: amazing. And it goes dark and then it... pops up with, with the green LED strips that are kind of flashing.
1: Yeah, like malfunctioning LED strips. Yeah. What I mean, ridiculous. In,
0: and I, it was, yeah, it was just incredible, Uh, the way they went about lighting this.
1: Yeah, I think lighting is the thing I wanted to actually talk about, and we'll see how I feel in a day or two, but, yeah. you know, everything's about where the source is coming from. Right. So we, you know, we get these almost useless flashbang smoke grenades <laughs> that are there so that we can see light beams and yeah, source right. lighting. And the light, and everything has a haze. Days, right mm-hmm. so we're seeing the shapes of the beams and all of that yeah. and then when we go to a shot we're also seeing in especially because there's so much use of depth which I was really surprised about uh, we see grain and all that mm-hmm. depth and that's part of the light too right yeah uh, and so light source and the this diffusion of light this hazing of light really interesting
0: yeah and it was a nice way to, for for us to maybe not see a villain coming there's a lot in the in the movie where you know a bad guy, a henchman, a, you know, it pops out of the shadows or out of the smoke and John Wick kind of takes on his Baba Yaga character towards the end where he's fighting his, this, uh, his equal almost. Right. And, uh, you know, he, you, you feel for him cause he's like, how the heck is this guy moving so fast? And then John Wick starts to do that same sort of thing, shifting into the shadows, disappearing and playing the game and becoming who they've said he was since the beginning. I've never felt like he was the boogeyman, you know, uh, until this movie. Mm -hmm. And he he does whatever it takes to to survive, to get back. and ultimately win his his war uh, for now. Right. Anyway, for well, now. At
1: least, or set up the war. Set I mean, up the war. We yeah. learn Parabellums, prepare for prepare war, for war right. and that means what, what, you know, as we get that translation, yeah. you're like, okay, so this is actually three of four. Like, it, we're <laughs> gonna have yeah, a fourth did, film because yeah. war has to be. This the next was like movie. a
0: prequel. The, the three movies were very much <laughs> a prequel to potentially the next trilogy. Right. I I I don't know if they're gonna be able to stop it for. I think the movies are are doing so well. Like, are they going to just milk it and hopefully it doesn't turn into this um, poor, sad, uh, you know, they ruin it, Game of Thrones. (laughs) (laughs) Some movie eight where they just tank it. Um,
1: Well, speaking of that, the first gunshots are during the scene where Game of Thrones brawn appears as the guy who makes the coins, right? (laughs) So we're going deep into the mythology of this world they're in.
0: You know, there's been a lot of Game of Thrones actors in this Series, you have Alfie Allen in the first movie, um, along with uh, Ian McShane, is that his name? Yeah, yeah, in the in the uh, f- all three of them, and then you get you get Jerome Flynn in the in the third, who doesn't sound a lick like Braun, except no, for some w- words, no, right, exactly. There's there a, a few words, words that he he just does not do the accent right, but yeah. it's I feel like he wanted to just be Braun in this movie, but he he couldn't because if he does it, he's slated as Braun for the rest of his yeah, life, yeah, yeah. um, but you brought up culture, um. And seeing the the behind-the-scenes of the people who make the coins and the people who make the markers, um, I never thought about that even being a thing. There's somebody who forges these coins, um, and I think, and this is partially going back to the production design, every piece of production design, wherever they go in the assassin realm, um, the hitman world, uh, is just pointing out a piece of culture from uh, this, I don't know, some, some hidden secret underworld of, of assassins
1: uh yeah the mythos the of it really yeah. grew, grew this time through and we got the anchoring i actually thought <laughs> about those coins it was that moment early in the film where he has the he has you know his last couple of coins and i said to myself yeah. um you know uh, uh where the hell are they getting these things are yeah. how, if these are all people who kill folks, right? Who is making all this? Are there these plebes they have working under yeah. them? And it turns out yeah. the plebes are killers too, but they are working under them. And yeah. it was pretty. That was that was actually no. It was exciting.
0: great. To, it was great to go there and see them. And I, I was like, this is where they're made because they're starting to pour this. And I'm like, this is very strange. Um, yeah, it was. It was great to see that in, in just all the detail from and I never really picked up on it in the last two movies, but. Uh, The production design really pushes the culture of um, this assassin world from Italy, right, and and John Wick 2, and um, I think we were just in New York in the first movie. But, yeah, it's it's interesting because I always felt like there were just killers everywhere at all times, Uh, and they've set up John Wick to be this legend, Um, and so everybody, of course, recognizes John Wick, and for him to... It'd be like a high, an A-list celebrity today, coming out as a, a sat or being on a hit list. Everyone's gonna know who Brad Pitt is when he walks right. by. You know, that's and that's to them, that's, that's
1: their Brad Pitt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah um, I. One of the things I'll say, so like a negative uh, uh, about that I just have to at least address is there are moments when I felt like the camera movement Mm -hmm. reminded me of like a 1980s television show. Okay, yeah. And so we have this gorgeous production design and this phenomenal choreography and a driving action sequence from beginning to end. Um, And I'll say something about that later, too, that's stuck in my head. But there were a few moments where it felt like there was a helicopter shot and it's sort of panning around a building and I'm like, this is just Uh diehard. And so for all of the detail work in the fights, some of that big scope stuff is where the movies aren't as strong. Because I think that's not where the talent of this crew is.
0: It felt like maybe those... Maybe you're feeling like they're just... Creating images for emotional sake in the, in the sense of they just wanna they just wanna Michael Bay it in a way you know they just want to bring it up a notch and make you feel like it's larger than it actually is when in actuality we need to stay on the ground level with with these characters um, the biggest shots for me the best shots were the wide shots of and not like super wide but the wider shots of us just beneath. John or the characters he's fighting and it's, and they're just going for it. Like just, just fighting each other. And that's how, you know, it's good stunt choreography when you don't cut away, even not just the hand to hand combat, but the gunfight. I think we see Holly Berry's character come out and we focus on her for Mm -hmm. a substantial amount of time. Um, And, and that's when I, when she left John in the desert, I was like, why this is the only, this we're done with her for this movie, which felt really weird after getting that really, um, heavy focus on her for i don't know it was like two minutes it felt like two which is a substantial amount of time in a gunfight and she's just mowing down people left and right um so she's obviously trained in the same way keanu trained at this ranch wherever he trained at right uh yeah pretty pretty impressive uh you mentioned a uh chase fight you're talking about the motorcycle fight on the bridge? I'm actually talking about the whole
1: first half of the film. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Let me go to the motorcycle. Right, do this that. is my negative here. Okay, good. Uh,
0: the motorcycle fight on the bridge in uh, instantly took me out of the film uh, because of the poor CG. Yeah. Um, I, right,
1: it's so readable as CG. Yep,
0: I'm like, man, this movie, this, this is the worst thing in this movie. Um, I would have preferred a Mission Impossible-style bike chase versus a... John Wick style. Let's fight with swords on the back of motorcycles, which sounds super cool, but I don't think anybody can actually do that. Um, it's one thing to have gunshots shooting at each other, um, but when you're when you're like hand to hand combat on a motorcycle, I just, I'm like, how do you even hold that thing up? So, th- just the realism of that took me out. But then the CG on top of that really just kind of knocked it out. It just I could see the blur. I could see where they keyed out the green screen or the Absolutely. blue screen it just didn't feel there was it didn't feel like the weight was right either uh it didn't feel like they were actually riding their bikes like so that just immediately took me out of the film so i wish they didn't use that sequence that whole scene could be cut from the film probably in my opinion and it would have been without
1: no problem. with no fine problem. yeah, yeah. So, i mean i thought the horse stuff was great yes. i thought that i thought it was a love yeah. like a really cool moment but that, that the other bike chase certainly yes. really did uh collapse what i was going to talk about is yeah. this the whole opening of the film, I was I was torn, right? So I'm mm-hmm. like, I'm enjoying myself, and the action is great, yeah. and it reminding me of uh, this movie called The Warriors, this Walter Hill film, okay. where this gang has to escape its way back home for, uh, through New York. Yeah, the, and the problem is that comparison means that the John Wick villains are too cookie cutter, mm-hmm. and in the Warriors, they're very specific, weird, interesting beings, and it didn't matter who he encountered, because they weren't unique. Right. That's why the knife fight works so well. It's not about who he's fighting. It's about how, what he's fighting with. Right. And as long as that's where your head goes. But my head had done this flip into, yeah, right. oh, yeah, There's this, this reminds me of, and I'm like, oh, it's not doing that. Oh, but it's doing this, and I can right. take, I'll take that and, and run with it.
0: Yeah, the, the villains really uh, separate themselves into, like, their personalities based on their fighting style Um, and naturally you see some of the more Asian guys fight with knives and um, you know samurai swords and just random things that are of their culture you see all the white guys fighting with guns and motorcycles and cars and random things like that so was there another distinct weapon? There was
1: really noticed. It was really knives and guns, right? The, it's really knives and guns. Some yeah. really interesting knives. But yeah. Knives and guns. Yeah. And uh, fists. I mean, and fists, there was yeah. so much good. Anything that can be there, fist fight.
0: Okay, there was one distinct weapon, and that's a horse. Oh no! Yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, uh, that that kick. You know, he he like chops the horse on the side and it kicks him. Um, pretty much the most interesting kill I've seen probably in a film in the last couple of
1: years. Well, I love that they sort of do it twice. So if you, yeah, you didn't knew was quite coming, get it yep, all, yep. you really got to watch yeah, you expected, the watch. You expected you are like, time. is
0: he going to do it again? And he and he does it again for sure. Um, the one word in this movie that kept coming up was consequences. Absolutely. And we're at kind of a culmination. I feel like a, uh, we are closing one door and moving into the next with John Wick four, potentially five and six. I don't know what they're going to do. Um, But consequences, everything leading up to this moment has been about the consequences for John Wick's life, Um, the consequences of his wife dying, but even before that, the consequences of him leaving this world that he's in, the consequences of going after Alfie Allen's character after he killed his dog, everything leading up to this moment, the consequences of him meeting the guy above the high table and going back, like, what are the consequences... Uh, And that was the theme of the movie, in my opinion. Obviously, they said the word probably, like... It must have been, like, nine, ten times in this film. Um, Literally just repeating it.
1: Consequences.
0: And then she'd say back... Yeah. and it just happened and it, that felt like lazy writing to me a little bit because it was just so on the nose
1: yeah there's not enough dialogue though necessarily to call it lazy writing yeah like, one of the true. problems is that so yeah. little dialogue that i think it might be <laughs> lazy writing by virtue of the fact that there's right. no dialogue to speak of
0: i would love to count how much how many words keanu said in the film uh he ends the film with the word yeah no
1: yeah that was a (laughs) that's as
0: keanu as it gets
1: right drop (laughs) like dropping the bomb at the end of this film going to a sequel with the words yeah yeah um (laughs) it's a pretty uh tough way to get out of it yeah yeah
0: yeah Yeah. oh good lord um
1: (laughs) i'm in agreement (laughs) yeah
0: um i love i don't even know his name in the film um Morpheus's character, Lawrence Fishburne's Lawrence character, Fishburne's, yeah, uh, and seeing him in the King, right? The king uh, the yeah, Bowery or, right, yeah, or. and uh, I love his character. I, you know, what I would love to see, I would love to see uh, this culture about thirty years before this happened, because I think Winston's character is fascinating. Uh, the King of Bowery is fascinating to me. Um, there's those are really the two keys.
1: Uh, you know, well, York, we know that worldwide there's other people there's who are doing players. the same thing, yeah. right? Um, because uh, Halle Berry's character is the, like right. the successor to someone who had started right. something in Casablanca. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it would be interesting to see sort of the foundation. And I can imagine that at some point there'll be the prequel film.
0: Right. If we're thinking about it, they're thinking about Absolutely. it 100%. But yeah, I love, I love. they've set up a culture which is very strange to do for an action film. That is pretty much just like, boom boom, you know, With like bang bang wall violence. action throughout the entire thing. Uh, the fact that they set up a culture in the first place and thought about it, and there's these are it's a stunt guy who's directing this film and created the characters and the story. So the fact that he's. You know, pushed. Hey, let's create a culture behind all this. And maybe it is because he's a stuntman that he wants that to happen. I'm sure there's a culture within 8711's production house, right? Absolutely. Of all the stunt guys, uh, there's this there's this culture within the group that uh, is like nothing else mm-hmm. on the planet. Um, so I don't know. Hats off to him for just I don't know being incredible as far as stunt choreography goes, but then taking that to the screen and directing that in a very um, I don't know, I'd say tangible way for us to understand the action without feeling a little bit overwhelmed by it. The pacing was really great. I thought, as far as the action went, um, they knew when to stop the guns and when to start the hand-to-hand combat and when to stop the hand-to-hand and go back to back to guns and then when to take a break. Uh, at any point, did it feel slow to you in the movie?
1: I, um, well, we get to that section where he has to go on his search. right? And it did not actually feel slow, although I will say that That It felt out of the pace of the film. There was a thing happening Mm -hmm. there that I don't think necessarily the film manifested as it needed to. That search for his past, it felt... They needed to do it quickly. Mm
0: -hmm. And as
1: a result, we didn't get time to see him suffer. And the discovery of his body and bringing him to the next place didn't feel elevated in a way that some of the other moments have felt elevated. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a weird business. And as a result, I felt the dip yeah. there. Once Holly Berry's character disappeared with those dogs, um, and he continued to walk with a bottle of her backwash for a while, apparently. <laughs> um I was like, what are we doing here? I'm just glad we didn't seem to drink it. No, I, I agreed. <laughs> but I have to say it didn't stop being beautiful. Right. The the lighting, the the, the cinematography, yeah. all of that stuff in the desert was absolutely beautiful. Right. It's just it didn't feel like we were going anywhere, which is the thing. It felt
0: like a lot to get to the only thing he was trying to do, and that was to meet the guy above to meet the guy two steps above Halle Berry's character. Right. Not not Bron, but the guy above that. Um, I don't know Brown's real name in the movie, but it doesn't really matter, he's the guy who makes the coins. Exactly. Yeah, it it just felt like it took a while, Um, and that was kind of uh, his fall back into Baba Yaga, you know? Like, he fell into, like, this dark place. You even saw he changed his white shirt from white to to all black. Yeah, exactly. Um, So that costume choice was very, very key for for him in that moment. Um, Oh, there was something else. I don't remember what it was. We're gonna run out of time in a minute.
1: We are. So, so, let's just say there were some places where this movie dipped. Yes. But the action sequences, like, for this first experience, like, nail it every single time.
0: I will 100% buy this movie. Because I really want to
1: see the behind the scenes. I need. I need to know what they're doing behind the scenes in this film. Well, and it's infinitely watchable because mm-hmm. it's. And some words I wanted to use from a writing standpoint. It's completely episodic without being episodic at all. Oh my! I guess that means we're out of time. Um, so as I say, it was episodic without being episodic. Yes. And there's all these little pieces. Yeah. But it's just one flow from beginning to end. I don't Yeah. Think... You could
0: watch this movie standalone. It'd be entertaining as hell right they, I mean they really just pick up where it left off in the second movie but you could watch from front to back if you understand like yeah John's being hunted for 14 million dollars that's all you need to know Um there is a culture behind it it would probably you'd probably want to watch the first two movies after you see this film but you could totally do that right is that pretty much what you're saying yeah and as marathon
1: yeah. films go you can watch all three of these in a row they yeah. literally take place over you know, days, like it's it's just one straight run of time, each movie moving into the next, which is a really interesting structure. Something we don't see. Right. You know, we, you think like, are they going to start out slow? Oh no, No, they're not. They're simply (laughs) going to go from where we left off with Keanu running. Minutes have passed. Yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't run that well in that opening (laughs) sequence. I have to say he's a a
0: wound in his side. It was a floppy
1: kind of run. I don't know. (laughs) What do you want to say about that? Um, any final thoughts, last things you want to say? Um, Things that really made it, like, really uh, stuck out, not, just hit it.
0: Oh, not that I can think of other than I love the lighting. Um, Loved the loved the Jason Bourne-style fighting, but not with the shaky cam. Um You got the, you got the wide shots of... You get, the get to watch the come. actual choreography. The, I didn't feel sick watching it, you know. It wasn't jittery and jarring. It was, it was really nice to watch. And I
1: love the use of depth, and yeah. I love the use of color, yes, as strange like the, the color depth, may be, and sort of right, non-realistic yet. color, yeah. but still super cool. The
0: neon's really hot right now, so... Uh, I'd give it as far as action movie goes like again like a 7, 8 out of 10 somewhere in that range I really like the movie the other films I really like too but this one I think I've liked the most out of the bunch in a way that's interesting I need to see the other I need to see them all straight through and I'm it's only been minutes since we've watched this movie. So.
1: Exactly. So we'll have yeah. a couple of days to take a yeah. break. So we're gonna take a break and go a couple of days uh talk to some people, go on the Twitter. If you have things you wanna say, we always say if you know what movie we're seeing, tweet us about it. Tweet us your thoughts so we can comment on that. And uh, we'll be back in just a couple of days to talk again. Yep, sounds good.
0: You're listening to the Racking Focus Podcast.
1: so uh we're back here uh it's two days after we saw john actually maybe three days uh after we saw john yeah. mc three so three and three works real well together i'm john doyle josiah blizzard and we're back to rack our focus to uh, a little farther off from the film and talk about some of the things we learned in the interim and some of our re- thoughts about how the film uh is in retrospect that was horrible Seriously horrible It's good did, enough yeah, for this yeah, i think all right, yeah go. all good okay um
0: you have much more interesting thoughts on this than i do i had <laughs> so since since we watched it thursday night i've photographed two weddings uh and have had zero time to even research anything until today uh so all i found was like a brief article from uh the director which i wanted to bring up just a little bit and let me see if i can pull that up here uh yes chad stahelski if i'm saying that right
1: someone uh, will correct us in yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah yeah exactly someone will crucify us online which is that's what I deserve, maybe, with for mispronouncing his name. But, uh, yeah, so he talks about, he reveals the inspiration behind the four best fight scenes. The four best, because there's clearly more than four right, in than this four movie. In movie. And that's something you said, that there was uh, much more action, right, in this movie than in the previous movies. Did you want to talk about that a little bit before just, we jump in?
1: Just real quick, yeah. So I went and watched uh, Hunk again. So instead of watching one and two before, I watched one and two uh, after and one of the things i noticed was the pacing was far slower right so yes yeah um you know from what i what in the, there's all that setup time in the right. first film there's all this thoughtful keanu reeves pouting in the first film doesn't preclude the action and the action is also uh more broken apart there's more gap time between yeah. it and so you feel the pacing is really different it's also interesting to me that that we you know we have more story in though the previous two films
0: yeah yeah uh this one is certainly more of a it felt like a little bit more of a history of and and we talked about the culture previously it felt like let's just introduce a little more culture in john wick 3 and the history behind the high table and all of that all of that whereas didn't feel like a, a, a character piece on john wick in this movie whereas the previous two you felt you kind of got who he was Although I will say that this movie did have him uh, sink back into this is John Wick. This is this, this is the John Wick everybody's talked about since the first movie, the, the Baba Yaga. you know this is who he is, especially once he gets that that knife into the eye. you're like, oh this is this is gonna be a brutal movie um, And that's when he sinks back in I think into into that legend of of, uh, of old that they've been John Wick, John Wick.
1: You know, in, yeah. in the in the first film, we see a lot less of this sort of dynamic color, like the picture we have here, where mm-hmm. there's just color everywhere. And yeah. I mean, we, I can't applaud enough the cinematography in this film. Incredible. Yeah. And what happens? It's it's what's fascinating to me is, it, uh, you know, it's a movie that isn't uh, the story isn't important, right? Right. It's not wise. It's not telling us something important. Yeah. yeah. Um It's just a. It's like an amusement right. park ride. The camera
0: doesn't doesn't. To, uh, doesn't aid the emotion of the scenes. Well,
1: and potentially because you know, the emotion of the scenes is yeah. insignificant and unimportant.
0: Yes, exactly. Yeah, it's it's not like we talked about in Endgame, the shaky cam when Jeremy Renner, put, and if you haven't seen Endgame, don't listen. Uh, when when we when he loses his family, we get a shaky cam feeling, right? Of it's chaos. It's chaos, and this it's just smooth motion all the way through wide angle shots. There's it's only there to serve the fighting and the choreography, I think, rather than any emotion that John is feeling.
1: One of the reviews I read on Twitter, and I, again, I'm not going to know who wrote it because I read a lot of stuff over uh, the past couple yeah. days, and that's probably bad to do. But uh, the, what one of the things I read was, if you stop thinking about this movie as a story and mm. think of it as a ballet, like instead of yeah. a stage drama, think about it as a 92-hour and 10-minute dance. Right it really becomes something quite different. It's a violent yeah. dance, but it's gorgeous in yeah. that. And that's, I think, a legitimate thing for it to be.
0: Yes, I, I agree with all of that. It is really a dance uh, choreographed to the point that it doesn't feel choreographed. Um, so I want to talk about this a little bit here. Uh, so he talks about the 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 four best fight scenes. And these are the uh, stable scene, the right. horse stable, uh, the antique store, both in the very beginning of the film, yeah, first um, what twenty five minutes, yeah, and that, I think that's the difference between uh, this movie and the previous two movies, mm-hmm. right? This one jumps right in. There's no like, this is what happened before. John Wick two. There's a little recap of you. You could watch John Wick two without seeing the first John Wick, right? Even though it totally starts fine. with the
1: car that yeah. ends the first movie. There's a gap of yeah. recollection,
0: right. Right. right? Yeah, they give a little info dump on it. in case you haven't seen movie one and someone drags you to this film and you haven't seen it, you're going to be fine for the next two hours. Uh, this just jumps straight into the action. You're going to be completely lost if if you haven't seen the first two movies. Uh, so, yeah, the, the, that action starts out pretty strong, and then it goes into the dog shootout. Um, right. And then uh, the assault on the Continental, obviously. So, uh, as far as this goes, though, uh, he really is just... And this is the one thing that stuck out to me in the antique store. Chad Stahelski says, um, the antique gun thing is a direct ode to the good, the bad, and the ugly. Okay, Eli Wallach putting the gun together. I'm a huge, massive Sergio Leone fan, so that's a direct link to that. As far as antique shops go, I love antique shops. I love museums. Spent a lot of time here going through old antique stores, and we always said, what's your big set piece? Well, John Wick's going to walk in and find this old gun set piece, right? So that's a direct, direct nod to good, the bad, and the ugly, which I haven't seen in such a long time. Uh you're a fan of that movie?
1: I'm a fan of uh, all Leone's movies yeah. and uh and especially so which means I'm a fan of Kurosawa since yeah. he for right, most right, right. case ripped off Kurosawa films and right, just right. made them Western Americanized style, or Western right. style. But yeah. that doesn't belittle the filmmaking. Yeah. And uh and then same thing here, right? So You know, John Wick is taking, I talked to you about the Raid Redemption, but it's also taking movies like uh, Bullet in the Head and Hard Boiled and The Killer, all these Hong Kong action films. They're all flavored in the film. And there's nothing wrong with that because the filmmaking work is what makes the difference.
0: Right. And I think the antique scene uh, was was one of my favorite fight scenes. I think we talked about the knife fight being just incredible. And Chad talks about, uh, you know, when the hero in the movie throws a knife it's always sticking straight on. And in this movie, they're just, it, they, he called it a, a knife snowball fight because they are just throwing knives at each other. And you can tell like some are bouncing off, not not sticking, others are. And it leaves you. And he said, it leaves the audience saying, oh my God. And I remember, I remember sitting in the theater watching this saying, oh my God, I cannot believe I'm watching them just chuck knives at each other. And it was a nice piece of realistic filmmaking because that's what would happen. He's taught, he asked knife experts like how often do you get a like a, a, like get the knife to stick and he said uh, like three out of ten times or something like seven seven out of ten they're missing three right. out of ten times they're gonna they're gonna get it to stick and that's pretty much what happened in this film it was only, only every so often they actually got the knife to stick in based on distance and throwing accuracy and, and speed and all that stuff. Well, and stuff. the so, kind of knife, whatever they're the throwing, kind of every yeah. imaginable knife. Yeah, in that, that yeah, scene. just just insane. So I think that was definitely one of my favorite scenes. But even talking about the horse stable scene, yeah, there are horse stables in the middle of New York because you have the horse and buggies, while carriages taking people around. And so John goes into the the stable and like, well, how can we how can we kill somebody in a horse stable? And someone said the horses kick. And Chad was a stunt man. Uh, Before he started directing, he said he was kicked by a horse once and he said he couldn't use his arm for a week. Uh, So he said, death by horse, that's definitely what we're going to do. So they were already, based on what I was reading, uh, plotting out deaths, cool deaths, unique deaths before even writing the story. Uh, So the deaths and their locations were going to kind of lay the foundation for the writing and where they were going with that,
1: yeah, and that's why we know it's not like the story isn't. There's yeah. no story to this, really. right, right. It, it, it but doesn't need to be because just as in a ballet, mm-hmm. it can such a simple tale gets expanded right. because of the movement and the piece. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what you're talking about reminds me of Kurosawa um, and in Hidden Fortress where. Uh, he would shoot all day and at the end of the day he would shoot his characters right. into a corner then he'd turn to the writers and say you got to find an interesting right. way out, to see out tomorrow morning and they'd show up the next morning and there'd be a solution to the problem huh. and they would start shooting again and you know that's the inspiration for star wars which ends up having cliffhanger right. after cliffhanger after cliffhanger yeah. and this movie uses instead of creating cliffhangers that are resolved it's find set pieces and they problem solve their way out of it. Yeah. Uh, And that it's so exciting. I think that's,
0: that's something that a good storyteller will do, right? Every positive, uh, thing that happens every time there's a win for the, the main character, there is an equal or opposite reaction that sends them into a conflict. Um, I think Spielberg does that pretty well. I think Indiana Jones is a good example of that. Um, just pretty often, Indiana Jones finds himself in, in a win, and then all of a sudden, it takes a turn, and it's it's something he has to get out of. So, um, yes, let's let's continue with John Wick. What else did you want to talk about? Um, that was really the biggest interest from that article, I found, was that good, the bad, the ugly thing. Um, everything else was, it's just a lot of shooting guns. <laughs> yeah. So,
1: what's interesting to me, right, is there's less shooting in the film. We talked about that before. Yeah. Um, I, I want to talk a little bit about Angelica Houston okay. uh, and the the ballet training center. Yeah, where we see yeah. where John Wick got trained. Right? right, this this idea of training. We get this ethnic history, which I think was pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, where what is his ethnicity? Where is he from? Is he because his name was? Uh, so it's got to be Eastern European, and someone again yeah. on
1: Twitter knows exactly the answer to right, that, which right. we don't. But you know, it's some Eastern European uh, nationality. Yeah but that sequence was really interesting to me again, ballet, right? Like we're seeing ballet and there's yeah. some parallel being made to the dance of violence, to the dance And that moment when, you know, the, the building is overtaken mm-hmm. and we, you know, we have assassins walking right through the dancers yeah. who don't, break a bead. yeah they keep going they keep right. going the dance finishes and then the consequence happens right yeah and uh those consequences in the movie and he talked about this before all seem to be very physical consequences right mm. no one's experiencing an emotional disarray right there's some you know you chop off your finger or you get seven cuts right, right? Or where you get a blade through your, through your hands your right. hands right. in supplication whatever it may be mm. um those those actions are uh, are 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 the consequence of the film the con- right. these people aren't being altered spiritually yeah yeah they're being altered physically because right. that's what the movie is yeah um, but i love that sequence i thought for a couple of reasons one the cinematographer you know the dp these guys are out there and we're seeing color used on a stage yeah in a way telling us hey this is a movie full of color and stage like we are on a stage this is a story you're watching yeah i love that parallel i thought it was really interesting
0: uh excuse me um yeah back to the uh the the physicality of you know their uh their atonement in a way was we're gonna we're gonna thrust a machete through your through your hands or a katana or whatever that he was using um The there's a hierarchy, right? And I think the hierarchy is based on who is dishing out that pain, Uh, because I took it as obviously this ballet and this wrestling, those two trainings, obviously one is all male dominated and the other one is female. I think there was one or two males on the ballet stage. Mm -hmm. I can't quite remember. Uh, But it's a discipline that, you know, the, the wrestlers are training. Wrestling is a discipline. Ballet definitely a discipline they're training for for whatever i just took it as they are all assassins in in training mm-hmm. right under this school uh and we see a girl rip her toenail off and we see another girl with bruises all over her legs and there's the first girl dancing when she's dancing all alone on the stage she keeps falling and she keeps having to get back up and that's uh exactly what john wick does the entire three movies right he keeps falling getting hurt getting right back up and fighting he does it near the end of the film completely mirroring the ballet dancer in the beginning. Absolutely. Um, but the mother of that school um, is dishing out the pain to the wrestlers, to the ballet dancers, and saying, "You have to keep getting up. Doesn't matter if it hurts. You have to keep getting up, keep getting up, keep getting up. Keep getting up. Don't stay down. If you're, if you stay down, you're dead. You're done." Uh, and it's the same with the high table dishing out that pain to her. Like you're under our authority, just as your students are under your authority, um, and we have the power to discipline you and if you keep doing what you're going to do and what you've been doing with john wick then you're going to stay down and you're not getting back up um same thing with the king of the bowery right they were just like no you're done like you're not you're not gonna atone you're not gonna uh repent from your from your ways of helping john wick then we're just gonna kill you and that's it and obviously he didn't die and he's returning to seek vengeance in the fourth film hopefully with
1: the most scarring of any actor we're gonna have he's gonna be a long time in makeup for the next film
0: uh but yes i love the i love the physicality of the the it's just dishing out pain and that's how the hierarchy is made even uh the top dog right in, in the desert um he didn't cause any pain physically himself but he's Forcing John to cut off his right, and fingers and not even him. just physical pain, but emotional pain of his wedding ring. His His you know he had to cut that tie. You mm-hmm. to cut and that to tie. return back and kill yeah. Winston. Mm-hmm. So he's still dishing out pain, in just in a different way.
1: Yeah, I, the I, I can't stress enough how much that ballet thing has stuck with me in this yeah. this parallel and the fact that something beautiful and like it's a parallel for the film. Mm-hmm. This thing is gorgeous. Yeah, it is all violence. It's also not real. And one of the great slams people have against films like this. Um, like, this movie is not an important film in the canon of filmmaking, right? But it is an important film in the art of filmmaking. It's gorgeous, yeah. And it it doesn't mean it has to be real. No, no mm-hmm. one can really do what he did. There's a boxing scene. There's no way you can go that long. Boxing is too exhausting. You can't yeah. make it when mm. you're fighting fisticuffs like that. Right. You can't be smashed into so much glass and get back up. No. Yeah but that's ballets. is the same it's a long dance it's not right. real people aren't swans right. Uh, right, right, right and yet when we watch it we experience something and it's a journey and this journey yeah. is fun like it's a ride it's yeah, you're
0: buying ride. into the story that is set before you um yeah i uh so we haven't brought up um jason Manzukis at all yeah okay uh, good and, his, and he'll lead into something i want to say okay so that's great perfect. um yeah, who is a wonderful. I didn't know he was in the movie. Did you know he was going to appear?
1: Um, I did not know he was going to okay. appear. I didn't even think about it. He may well be in two. I would assume he's in two. I
0: don't remember him in... Uh, but I don't remember. The second one, because uh, it was surprising to me when I saw him on the screen.
1: He might have been in two, but I think Talk it was a different so homeless good. guy. His voice is so good.
0: Yeah. Uh, I wish he had a larger role, uh, although he was a warning and a guide, in a way, to to John. Um, when well, he's still alive and he's still alive yeah they didn't show his death on screen i was afraid we were going to get a close-up of jason manzuka's right, getting his throat slit and he's clearly alive he carries john away in the cart and brings him to the king of bowery at the end uh we gotta find out his real name i don't know if maybe we'll just call him the king I the guess. king it's fine king whatever well. um so i hope he has a little bit of a larger role if he is in the next film because i would like to see him get that credit a little bit more
1: and it's a perfect role, right? It's yeah. got that raggedy sort of yeah, it's the beard homeless yeah. guy, bearded guy, <laughs> madman. Right, that is so good that he does, and uh, he's a great character actor.
0: Yeah, no, he's really great I and mean, funny. Is yeah, is he's, he's hilarious. Out. So uh, it was like Adrian Pimentos and John Wick three. This is awesome. Great. Um, Anything else you wanna talk about specifically? So yeah, Yeah. I just
1: wanna talk about, uh, I'm gonna say makeup, but it's really design. So like we have a picture of John Wick to our left in honor of John (laughs) Wick, I have not shaved my neck or trimmed my beard at all since we've seen the movie because it is just, he is a mess. And I want to say that in the first film, that's not the case, right? He's pretty clean shaven it for really, the most part. Like, it's, it's edged, right? The beard yeah. is clean. The yeah. edges are good. And this movie's happened over a, a, a period of time that may not account for all of the violence his beard has you yeah. know, taken on. But the beard, there is a thing about decay here yeah. that's on him. And those makeup choices, we, we see wounds. Those wounds stay. I, I thought the you know the makeup work on King of the Bowery was lovely. Like it's... Yeah. It... it It's believable and horrible all at once. But the beard stuff just got me and it made me look at the rest of that. And there's great work being done by all of the technicians in this film. Yeah. So The attention
0: to detail is really stunning in this
1: movie. Yeah, for a movie that literally some of the details are going to flash by you because they're simply the target of a bullet or where a head's getting smashed.
0: Yeah, like we mentioned before, the chandelier shop that they run through for I don't know. It was on screen for maybe 4 or 5 seconds. That whole that probably took forever to to set dress. So, yeah, the attention to detail is insane and, yeah, the, the, and detail, the whole beard.
1: Yeah, the well, yeah.
0: The whole beard uh just being like him falling into ruin a little bit his, his not getting lazy cuz I like a lot of people think beards are uh, you're just lazy or you're dirty or grungy and he is getting a little bit grungy and maybe we'll see him fit in with some homeless people a little bit better in the next thing that might be his, his him uh becoming part of the king's
1: grouping of of people um, right in order to turn around and go back and do the real work right because every
0: single person i think we saw in that homeless area had some kind of beard Uh, i don't know if that's him going to be fitting in with them and he's just not going to shave it all and he'll have a beard down to here in the in the next (laughs) film uh but as long as he shaves his neck i will be happy because it was a little bit it was was a lot it really there's a
1: point i said this is this man is having a rough day yeah talk about symbolic language yeah. That scraggly neck beard is right. a mess.
0: Yeah, we gotta get Chris Evans in here to show him how to shave. We'll Absolutely, you yeah. need to go watch Endgame. Um, yeah, other than that, I don't really have. No, I think we much can probably else. wrap this up. Yeah.
1: Um, I would. Uh, well, I didn't get the rate last time, so after two days, do you want to change your rating? And I'll quickly do um, that too.
0: Yeah. I, so I like it less now that I've thought about it a little bit more. Um, I still love the opening sequence, um, all the action. Love the dog shootout. I I cannot imagine how hard it was to block. That dog shootout scene and how uh, I can't imagine they used much CGI in there either for the like all the dogs seemed real. Yeah, um, and, and
1: crotch and oriented. Changed. I mean, you it's very horrible. crotch it's oriented. What a horror.
0: Yeah. I don't know how they would, how you shoot that. You put guys in cups and they have squibs underneath. <sighs> all, like,
1: all, all I know is that uh, anyone who calls this movie just like a male dominated film, those <laughs> men were persecuted in the yeah, way yeah. that the Me Too movement needs them to be persecuted. <laughs> so I'm really comfortable with yep. those assaults.
0: Yeah. Um, but yeah, the action was a sh- extraordinary. So for action's sake, uh, I give it like a ten out of ten for action. Uh, for a movie overall, I'd probably stick with around a seven, uh, low seven. But uh, and you said it doesn't have; it's not a important film as far as canon goes in filmmaking. I think the action is important because I think this is going to set the standard in the same way that the Matrix sets standards for action films. This is going to do something similar. Uh, this whole trilogy people are going to strive to be like John Wick um, as far as action goes. They're going to, We're going to stop seeing Jason Bourne-style cuts, and we've already seen that kind of yeah, dissolve. Yeah. But because of this movie and because of the previous films, we're going to see many, many more actors training like stuntmen rather than getting stunt doubles, I think.
1: Yeah, you know, you say The Matrix, and this feels like the second Matrix film. Mm-hmm. I mean, which I don't necessarily think is a great movie. Right. I think this is a far better film, yeah. but <laughs> it's doing the same job, right? It's just yeah. bridging between one thing to another. The plot's really thin. It's mostly about movement and action. It's yep. just, that's a short film this is a longer film but it 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 feels like that it has that same sort of linking sense where we're going to see another movie that may be anchored a little more strongly Uh, so yeah um i from my standpoint i'm almost the same as you i think it's really one of the best action films Mm. we have um it's extraordinary and and i'm a huge fan of the hong kong action films yeah and it sits right up there with them uh what I would say is it, it lacks a heart. It lacks mind in some ways and that yeah. kicks it down. So as a film overall, yeah, seven, I think is like a legitimate standpoint, it's but there, right? yeah. the problem we are having with these movies, and I think we're going to have it straight across the board mm-hmm. is when we go to rate, genre films demand a, double, a dual rating and i think we right. want to think about that as we move forward and and people should too that it's not about rating the movie against movies that are doing a different thing
0: okay yeah so i was going to say define the def- define your dual rating
1: yeah so like i think there's a rating that matches it to the concept of genre you mm-hmm. know you you can't put i mean next thing we're going to see right is godzilla you can't put godzilla yeah. next to the movie Philadelphia or right. Castaway, castaway right. they don't they don't function the right. same at all and so when we look at genre we may need to look at words like spectacle having meaning to mm-hmm. it uh, as well as character and whatever yeah, so yeah, yeah. as a film this struggles with character right. but as spectacle goes as adventure goes as action, action goes yeah. as a ballet it's extraordinary right. yeah. um and the same thing happened when we watched endgame yeah it's. It is. Uh, I said to you, like, it's the best comic book movie I've ever seen. Right. 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 But it may not be the best superhero movie. Right. And so when I think about that, I'd like to rate the movie overall. No, it's good. And I then within we, its yeah. genre. I think we gotta look at it into multiple
0: ways, multiple, yeah. multiple multiple viewpoints. Which we're doing by our nature, right.
1: and I like that. And yeah. so I just wanted to formalize.
0: It no, I it. no, I love that. That's great. Um, we're gonna run out of time. Okay. Good. I think that's a yeah. Good. So
1: if we're out of time, do, yeah. we, do we have time to do the goodbye?
0: Yeah. Oh, you know what. Right. We have time to do the goodbye, but okay. give me a one minute. How does The Raid compare to this film?
1: Huh, that's great. Um, the uh, oh, the Raid for me is a far more heartbreaking film. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think that all of the, the Asian cinema that this is drawing from, and, and like we have to at least be jaded a little bit, and know that the Asian market is huge. The Chinese yeah. market is gigantic. And a lot of these movies we're seeing today with a lot of Asian faces in it is about selling, making money right. in the worldwide market. Um, those movies are are have so much more heart than our American action films do. Yeah, It's the difference in the way gunplay is done. A gun in the United States is a distance weapon. A right. samurai sword is about honor and connection. It's about a single thrust. Yeah. There's a different thing happening. Um, but the ballet is very similar. The raid is spectacular. You talked when we watched the one scene from it right. that it's full of shaky cam, and that's something you don't like that much, especially in fights. Yeah. Um, I think it is, this is a be- far more beautiful film. Right. Uh, I think the raid may have, <laughs> a, as an origin of this. We're out of time, but keep it, going, as, keep going. As an yeah. origin piece, it may be a stronger origin movie. Right. But I'll take the killer or bullet in the head or hard boiled yeah, over yeah. all of them, to be honest. Right.
0: Cool. No, that's that's good. There you go. Um, all right. Well, thank you guys for watching uh, this latest episode of the Racking Focus podcast. We would love for you guys to uh, support us on Patreon. You can find that link in the uh, in the description below. Whether you're on YouTube or you're on Podcasts app, uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're wherever you're listening, uh, you can find that link there. We'd love for your your support.
1: Uh, you can also email us at racking focus, focus at gmail.com. Or uh, you can uh, get us on Twitter at PodFocus. There's lots of ways to communicate. We want your communication, so we have things to talk about aside just the two of us talking to each other. Uh, Next up, what do we have? What are Uh, we going to do next? We are watching... Godzilla. Well, that's Gamera. And oh, this so is Gamera now you're in trouble. See, this but, is this is where I, dude, I did not watch any Godzilla films, so I'm gonna right. go in as a complete novice. And there's there's a thousand people who just aimed an arrow at your head. That's fine. I'm uh, totally fine with that. I put Gamera there because I'm a big Gamera fan. I cheated the Godzilla out of it. Uh, yeah, we're going to see Godzilla. And what else are we seeing? We're doing Double Duty. We're Rocket Madness.
0: Man as well. Rocket Man next week, too. So there's going to be a lot to talk about. Yeah.
1: So we have uh, two films. So we hope you're back for those. If you haven't listened to our Endgame episode or our Game of Thrones episode, go back and check those out. And we thank you for listening or watching. Awesome. See you later.
0: Thanks for listening
1: to the Racking Focus podcast.